0: If you've been trying to balance your hormones without success, maybe you need to be a Betty and put your geeky goddess glasses on to solve your hormone conundrum. Be a Betty, you say? I know you're thinking, what in the world is that? My guest today, Dr. Stephanie Estima, is going to tell you what a Betty is and how being one can get not only the hormones, health, and body that you want, but basically everything else that you're wanting in life, too. She used to deliver babies,
1: but now she delivers exceptional wellness for women. Welcome to her brilliant health radio, where holistic women's health expert and board certified OBGYN, Dr. Kieran Dunstan, shares revolutionary insight from leading experts on what you need to know today to treat the root cause of disease, heal, and create the radiant health you've been searching for. Lean in and get ready to experience the bountiful, blissful, and beautiful vitality that you deserve.
0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Her Brilliant Health Revolution with Dr. Kieran. Thank you so much for choosing to join me today. I think you're really going to love the topic and our guest today. I'm going to tell you a little bit about her, and then we're going to get started talking about A Goddess's Guide to Balancing Your Hormones. Yes, you are a goddess. And we're going to talk about how you can be even more goddessy by balancing your hormones today. We're talking with Dr. Stephanie Estima. She's an expert in female metabolism and body composition. She's a doctor of chiropractic with a special interest in functional neurology, brain metabolism, and the specific application of the ketogenic diet and fasting to female physiology. She's the host of The Better Podcast and author of The Betty Body, a geeky goddess's guide to intuitive eating, balanced hormones, and transformative sex, Welcome, Dr. Stephanie.
2: Karen, it's wonderful to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: So excited to talk with you about Goddess's Guide to Balancing Your Hormones. What is that? It sounds so
2: intriguing, and I hear it, and I'm like, ooh, I need that. Ooh, I'm a goddess. I want some <laughs> of that, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, this is um, this is my new book. It's called The Betty Body, as you mentioned, A Geeky Goddess's Guide. And what we're really trying to bring together here is modern science. So lots of citations, lots of literature, lots of hardcore science for all my, you know, nerds out there, like Nerd Army Unite. Uh, But we're also bringing in a lot of ancient wisdom and the divine feminine and what it means to be fully female. Because, you know, as you may wear, you know, being a medical doctor, you know, this, you know, firsthand, it's kind of a boys club, right? Like, at least that was my experience in school. It was like kind of a boys club, kind of a, you know, white boys club. And if you didn't really fit into that, You know, you were sort of like SOL. So this book is really about my journey into figuring out, yes, it's important to be an achiever. It's important to do and to get the accolades and the success, but it's also just as important for you to sink into your body. I like to call it like going beneath your throat, like all the type A personalities that are listening here. (laughs) I used to joke around and say like, my body is just like a vehicle for my brain to take my brain where it wants to go. Right. It's like, there's no other point to it. I'm just an academic. Like I don't want to deal with all the pain and the scary raw, pulsating emotions that that's kind of what it felt like. Anytime I sort of sunk into my body, there was a lot of Unprocessed things there, so I ignored it. Like any, like any type A personality, it's like, well, I'll just set a goal and ignore it because while I'm doing this goal, I don't have to deal with this problem over here. So yeah, the book is really about how we can become whole in terms of honoring your, you know, your desires, your desire whether that's an, you know, achievement oriented, success oriented, but also how to surrender and how to slow down and how to be and the marriage of those two energies and what that can produce for you in your own life.
0: Yeah, that's so intriguing, and I. Love- Love it because really we do come about our health, addressing our health from the neck up. It's an intellectual exercise. We really talk about our body as if it was a hunk of meat or no different than it's a table, right? We can't really achieve optimum health that way. We can't achieve wholeness. We can only just, we're kind of manipulating things with drugs and we can even do functional medicine in the same way, manipulating with supplements and diet. But we do have to drop in our bodies at some point, feel our feelings, get in touch with our sexuality and the whole energy of creation. And I love that you talk about that, but I'm always curious, what was the transformation with you? Cause you're a self-admitted geek. You were a chiropractor, (laughs) went through chiropractic school. When did you realize, oh, it's not just about alignment and the bones. When did you realize it's about so much more? What
2: was your journey? That's such a good question. And I think that any type A personality, as I was saying before, we like to ignore our symptoms of our body. And that was really my story for years. So always like always geeking out on the pathways and the mechanisms. And as you were saying, very much an intellectual pursuit and For me, it was always that my menstrual, my period specifically, so my menstrual cycle in general, so the whole cycle was very much a gong show. All like, you know, especially in that luteal phase, that second part of my menstrual cycle, those last two weeks before the bleed week, I was swollen, my breasts were angry, my joints were angry, I was moody, I wasn't sleeping, my digestion wasn't working. And I always looked at my period, like the bleed week and the, you know, the weeks leading up to it. I always felt like it was punishment for being a woman. Like I always, it was so, it was such a painful endeavor. And I always used medication to silence it. Like I'd never, you know, the functional medicine way is to really say, okay, what is the root of this? Why is this coming about? That wasn't my approach. You know, I was like, okay, I don't have time for this. So I'm just going to mite all this. I'm going to silence this with, you know, Anaprox or whatever it was. And of course, the loud, the you know, it's just like if you were to, if I were to take you right now, I would never do this. But imagine I were to take you and like duct tape your mouth and like throw you in the trunk of a car. Well, you know, the moment that I open up the car and take the duct tape off, you're gonna scream, right? You're gonna be like, <laughs> "How dare you," right? Well, that's what my body was doing. So you know, you this the medication wears off, you know, the duct tape comes off, and then the punitive response is much bigger than it would have otherwise been. And I spent years like that, and it really wasn't until. Now I had a couple of really big, stressful life events happen. So at the very same time that I was going through a divorce, which anyone who is listening, knows how just heart wrench. I had, you know, small kids at the time. It was just heart wrenching, very difficult. I also, at the exact same time, I had a fire in my clinic, which the fire at the clinic actually burned down. So I had to reallocate, like relocate and rebuild this clinic. So I was very, very, very inflamed, very, very stressed out. Sleeping wasn't great. And it really wasn't until I took my family my kids and I, we went to uh, Italy for uh, several weeks, uh, one summer. And towards the end of that trip, you know, so I was just like a sloth, right? I was like sleeping on the beach and going for walks all day long and having the typical, you know, Italian fare, like the cappuccinos and the pizza and the pasta and stuff. But I got my period on that trip, like towards the end of that trip. And normally my period is, you know, the punishment for being a woman, as I was describing. But this time it was completely different. So it sort of came in, she did her thing. And then, you know, I wasn't holed up in the hotel room with like, you know, the eye masks and, you know, the darkened hotel room and telling, you know, barking at people to leave. It was actually quite (laughs) easy. Mm -hmm. And so... You know, at first I said, well, you know, it's like everything's better in Italy. Like, you know, <laughs> it has to be it has to be the country I'm in. But I also recognized that yes, the external environment had changed, but there were also behavioral things and internal mechanisms that were also different. I was going for long I was going for more walks. So I was getting more movement. I was sleeping better. I was, you know, there's all these different things. So I said, okay, well, I let me see if I can take this back home to North America and see if I can replicate the internal, I might not be able to replicate, you know, the Italian cappuccino or the, you know, the salty Mediterranean Sea, but I can replicate some of the positive qualities that happened on that vacation. And so I kind of brought that back into my practice. I started kind of playing around with myself. And then I started playing around with my female patients. I was like, can we just like guinea pig a little bit in terms of like macronutrients, in terms of movement parameters, in terms of stress, you know, reduction techniques. And that, was the beginning of this, like the birth of this book, which is what we're talking about today, which is to say that women are not little men. You know, that's one of the premises of the book. We are not smaller men with more pesky hormones. We actually physiologically work differently. We have different cadences, different cycles. And to understand that is to be able to respond to yourself in a different way. So instead of looking at your period, like a punishment for being a woman, you know, you can look forward to its arrival every month. It can be, you know, to understand your hormonal milieu, the ever changing, you know, ebbs and flows of your, of your hormones is I think a rite of passage for every woman. We all should understand, you know, whether you are in your reproductive years or you're in menopause, there's certain cadences that we all follow. So understanding what that flow, what that cycle is, I think is imperative for women to be able to, you know, heal their hormones as, uh, you know, as we talk about in the book, to be able to eat appropriately, to be able to respond appropriately in terms of your physiological needs. And then to just work on, you are our, it is my premise, my philosophical premise that everyone is already, all the women that are listening to your podcast, they're already goddesses. You already have all of the machinery, all of the things within you that you need it's just a matter of unleashing it it's a matter of like saying okay let me like take off some of these layers of things that i've been holding on to and it's like addition through subtraction so it's it's how we can you know unleash our, our inner goddess
0: i absolutely love that it's addition through subtraction and we're yeah. already there we just need to realize it
1: we'll be right back after this short message from our sponsor Hey there, it's your conscience calling. It's a new year, just wondering where you are with your resolution. You remember, the one to lose some weight and get in shape? You know, life would be a whole lot better if you upped your metabolism, lost a few pounds, had some energy, and could get in your skinny jeans again, right? But I know you don't want to count calories, and I don't want you to either. And working out at the gym is not your idea of fun, or mine. I know you hate the thought that you might fail at weight loss, again. And I do too. And that's why this time I've set you up for the ultimate success by working with a doctor who lost 100 pounds at midlife herself by addressing all the hidden causes of weight gain no one's told you about. It's about so much more than diet and exercise. You'll see, Dr. Kieran will tell you all the secrets you need to know to lose 10 pounds and double your energy in the 28-day Jumpstart program. It addresses all the reasons that 90% of weight loss programs fail women at midlife. Yup, it was created by Dr. Kiran after she lost 100 pounds at midlife. She designed it to address the same issues that you're having, only you don't know you're having them because no one told you. So yes, I heard what you want and for sure you totally deserve it. To live in a body that is healthy and vital and supports you in doing everything that you want to do and to look good doing it. While having more fun than you can imagine? I got you. And I know you don't wanna pay a lot of money to try yet another program. So you'll love the special introductory offer of just $47 to join. Just $47? Girl, you know you spend that on things you can't even remember every single month. What have you got to lose? Nothing. Losing 10 pounds could just be the jumpstart you need to your next level of living. It's all ready for you. Just go to jumpstartyourmidlifemojo.com to get the details on this amazing program and sign up now. Then you can check off, lose weight, and feel great from your to-do list and get back to the things that matter most to you. I heard you, and I've answered. Dr. Kieran's got your resolution covered with the Jumpstart program. I'll see you there. And we're back. Tell us more about the book, because
0: we talked about the hormones. I know everybody's wondering about the guide to intuitive eating. What is intuitive eating?
2: Uh, This is a good question. So intuitive eating is a term that has become popular as of late, and there's a lot of different definitions for it. The way that I like to look at intuitive eating is to have the ability to appropriately respond to your internal environment. So that means being able to distinguish between physiological hunger and emotional hunger. In other words, are you eating to self-soothe? And if you are eating to self-soothe, how can we just cut the emotional, you know, how can we cut the, you know, the shame or the guilt that might come with that and actually understand why is this soothing you? Is there another behavior or is there another belief system that we can replace with this particular behavior? Because we all know all of our behaviors stem from our belief systems, right? If you believe that you are worthy, if you believe that you are smart, if you believe that you have something meaningful to contribute, you are going to behave in that way. You know, sometimes my partner, and even just in the, in the release of this book, it's like, you know, there's a lot of it, you start getting a lot of attention and it can be a little bit, you know, unnerving at times, right? And my, I remember my partner saying something to me that was so powerful. He's like, imagine you're just like the number one seller, you know, like you're on the New York Times, you have like all the lists, you know, like imagine you're number one, how would you act? And I was like, oh, that's a really good reframe. And he's like, okay, so just act like that. You know, like, just pretend like it's already here, like bring call it into the future and call right. it into the present, yeah. right? So intuitive eating is being able to attune to the signals of your body and being able to parse through what it all means and then being able to appropriately respond. The other thing that we talk about in the book is like the difference between hunger and thirst, right? Very, very similar. They actually feel almost identical. But sometimes all you need, all your body's saying is girl, like. my lips are dry here. Like, give me some water. That's all she's saying, right? It's not like putting more calories into the body. So being able to discern between that, that that, and it's very nuanced and it comes with time. Like, you're not going to be like, you know, you're going to wake up one morning and say, okay, I understand the difference between thirst and hunger. It's only after playing with, Techniques that we lay out in the book, like drinking a glass of water and waiting 20 minutes, right? Like hunger, we know comes in waves. It's not this like, it's not this uh, linear increase in. It's not like you get hungry and then it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Like hunger comes and goes. We've all had the experience of, or at least I have. I've had the experience of like forgetting to eat. Like I've been so busy, like with calls or with patients or whatever, and you're like, oh my god, it's three o'clock. I haven't had anything to eat yet. Mm-hmm. But it's not because my hunger is so loud that I can no longer ignore it. It's like the second I start thinking about it, it's like, oh, I should probably eat something right now. It's like, I haven't eaten since yesterday at three o'clock or whatever it is. So that's what intuitive eating is. It's really the intuitive prowess to be able to parse through hunger, emotionality, thirst, all of the different things that might feel like hunger, but maybe not, they're not necessarily hunger.
0: Okay. And is that what you mean by adapting fasting, dieting, and lifestyle training to the female
2: psyche, or is that something different? No, that's exactly what it is. Oh, okay. When we talk about fasting, when I talk about fasting and I talk about keto and I talk about all of these things, there is a very different way that we should be applying this to women than what is traditionally sort of out there in the online space and with experts. Like most of the experts in the keto space, in the fasting space, they tend to be men. And of course, many of them are my mentors and like absolutely love and respect them for the work that they've put forth. But what we know about the literature is it tends to skew, we tend to study. Men traditionally in most research, most women were excluded by for the very fact that they had a menstrual cycle, which was considered a confounding variable. So, we would typically exclude people based on their hormones or their you know their reproductive capacity. And a lot of the data that we have extracted oh, and this is not just with keto and fasting, this is across the board. Like I used to give the example, a very common one is, you know, what we typically ascribe some of the signs and symptoms of a heart attack, right? It's like the left pain, crushing pain, hand on the, but that's typically for men, right? Men typically have that presentation with this like pulsing pain down the left side of the arm. For women, it can feel like indigestion. It can feel like a headache, It can feel flu-like. And yeah, there can be some pressure in the chest cavity, but it's not that left-sided searing pain clutched over, right? So, and the reason why we don't have that delineation or the reason why that's not so well-known is because we don't actually study women as often as we should. So you sort of see now uh, women like myself and you who are like, hey, excuse me, like this is not, you know, this is not right. And for me, it was born out of this, like I would look at some of these, you know, male experts and say, oh, okay, he's doing like a five-day fast. Like I'll do a five-day fast. (laughs) You know, like I'm strong. Like I'm, you know, I'll do what he's doing. Right. And then of course my menstrual cycle is a gong show for months afterwards. I can't sleep. And I'm like, what's, what's, I don't understand. Like, why can't I do this? And it's like, oh, it's because you're not a man. (laughs) You know, it's like the conclusion, the only reasonable conclusion is that I'm not a man because otherwise very, very healthy, very, you know, very robust fasting tolerance, very regular cycle now, balanced hormones. So why can't I do it? Well, as a A woman, my body is always going to hold on to a little bit more fat. She's always going to keep a little bit more padding because I'm in my reproductive years. So there's always going to be that tendency to hold on to a little bit more adipose tissue, so that we can drive reproduction, so that my fertility remains as you know as high as it possibly can. And I think you know once we sort of understand how we are distinct and we're not mini men, I think that this is really when the magic, the geeky magic, can happen.
0: I love that. And I love how you explain that. I think that, yes, you're right, that it, it is mostly the guys that the research is done on and who are the ones telling us what to do. But we do have unique needs. And particularly at midlife, which is the time of life that I focus on for women, we really have some unique needs when it comes to our diet, our lifestyle, our sleep, our stress, all of those things. So I love that you focus on that. And you had a recent episode on the Better Podcast, where you were talking about the importance of orgasming for health. So I love that you bring in the sexuality as well because I think it's such a vital part of our lives that's really carved out. I mean, you know, it's funny when when we were going through medical school and maybe this was in your training too, When it came to gynecologic history, we weren't really taught to take a sexual history other than asking, saying, are you sexually active or not? And that was to determine if they were at risk for pregnancy or STDs. It wasn't, there was no qualitative assessment about their sex life when it's such a vital part of our emotional life expression, but also our health. It's a great thermometer of where our health is. So I love it that you're really bringing this into front and center in part of the subtitle of your book, Transformative Sex. Mm-hmm. and. All women need to be having this. So tell us what is transformative sex and what are the health benefits of orgasm?
2: Oh, I love this so much. And, and just to, to parallel what you were saying, our teaching was, you know, are you sexually active? Is there a chance you could be pregnant now? Because if we were going to x-ray them, we had to know that, right? That was sort of the extent of it. So, and I agree with you. I think that- I mean, part of it is, and I understand why our teachers taught us this way, because this is still very much a taboo subject, right? It's very, you have to really have rapport with your patient. Like we, and even, you know, when I was still in in physical practice, it wouldn't be like, okay, tell me about your sexual history. How much sex are you having? Like you have to, you have to yeah. ease into it a little bit because it's <laughs> like, what are you talking about? I'm here for back pain. So you do have to have some rapport and some trust. Developed with your primary healthcare provider, a chiropractor, medical doctor, what what have you, and the reason why it's so important, the reason why you should as a if there you know if there's clinicians that are listening to this, the reason why this is such an important conversation for our you know it's for men and women truly, but again we we there's sexual dimorphisms in terms of like frequency and like benefits and stuff, so for women in particular, when a woman is engaging in regular sex or just orgasming, so you know you I always. Say, you know, it's either with your partner or you have a toy that you call your partner. You know, it's like wh- mm-hmm. whichever way, you know, it happens. This is going to help all of our vitals. So if you were to go to a hospital, you're going to know that they're probably going to look at your blood pressure, which is a vital. They're going to look at your heart rate. They're going to look at your respiratory rate. They might look at your oxygen saturation. For women, another vital sign is the integrity of our menstrual cycle. So what are some of the signs and symptoms leading up to your bleed week? What is the quality of your bleed? How much? What's the color? Are there clots? All the things. And When a woman is engaging in regular sex or having regular orgasms, there's many things, many health benefits that she is going to profit from. So all the vitals that we just talked about, they're all going to improve. Okay, so that's one really great thing. It is going to improve our oxytocin. So this is such an important Hormone for women. This is our bond. This is the hormone that bonds us together. So, for example, you may have heard of this hormone in the context of breastfeeding. Like when you're breastfeeding your baby, oxytocin is released as you're staring into your baby's eyes as he or she is, you know, suckling and you are bonded to that person. Well, oxytocin is really important because it is a profound, it shunts cortisol, which is our stress hormone one of many but this is one of the primary hormones that's involved in the sympathetic nervous system's response or the fight or flight which is often the you know the layman's term like fight or flight stress response and cortisol is a counter regulatory hormone which means that cortisol's job is to keep blood glucose hanging around in case she wants to throw it into the muscles for that fight that flight, right? In case she wants to pump up your muscles to fight the proverbial tiger or to get away from the proverbial tiger. But when you have lots of oxytocin, so either that is through the connection with your partner or just through through the nature of climaxing, you are going to shunt that stress response. And in the book I talk about, this is in chapter two, title of the chapter is Stress Spelled Backwards is Desserts. Um, So what (laughs) what we talk about is that most women are chronically stressed in my opinion chronically stressed until proven otherwise we are often and this is this is data that i extracted from surveys like national consensus surveys in the us in canada and in britain women are the primary caregivers at home so we will do the we will go to work and we'll get paid right so we do paid work but then when we come home we do the lion's share of unpaid work so it's the the laundry and the housework and the cooking of the meals and the scheduling of the kids soccer and all those things. and so we are and we are the ones that get up when you know you know your kid has a nightmare or they're scared or they're sick overnight it's usually the woman who's tending to her children if she's chosen to have kids so we are always going to have a higher level of this sort of chronic low grade stress and inflammation when we compare ourselves to our male counterparts and this is also you know i talk about this in the book as well it's also why maybe this is a bit controversial but i talk about the idea that that's why morning routines and the people who teach them generally sexist. This is generally a sexist idea because most women, first of all, we have longer sleep cycles, right? than men, so we should be sleeping longer, so we shouldn't be getting up at four in the morning. But also, you know, when you hear about these like elaborate morning routines, like I woke up and then I, you know, wrote down ten ideas and then I had this special tea ceremony, and then I <laughs> and then I worked out for an hour. and it's like, okay, I have never heard a woman say that this is my reality because she, if there's a guy who's doing that, all the more power to you. However, it's usually be, if that, if that man has kids, it's like usually the mama in the background, who's like cooking the breakfast and getting the, you know, tending to the kids while he's having this, you know, elaborate morning routine. So for women, I know I'm kind of going off on like all different tangents here, but I think it's really important for a woman to be climaxing, kind of getting back to the sex, you know, climaxing as often as she can because it's shunting that stress response. It's shunting that fight or flight and that's going to bring her into more balance in her autonomic nervous system. So her sympathetics, fight or flight, we still need that. It's a brilliant system, but we also want to balance it with parasympathetic activation, which is what having orgasms on the regular can do for you.
0: That is so great, Dr. Stephanie. This book sounds amazing.
1: And we'll be right back after this word from our sponsor. Hey there, it's me again, your conscience. Just letting you know, I did hear you. The question is, Did you hear me? Go to jumpstartyourmidlifemojo.com now to sign up for Dr. Kieran's next challenge starting soon. Pause this recording and go to the website now. We'll wait for you. Dr. Kieran's got you covered in achieving your resolutions this year. I'm always looking out for you. You're welcome. We're back. There are a couple
0: other things I wanted to ask you about because I heard you talking about what a Betty body is or what a Betty is. So can you explain that to everyone?
2: Sure, yeah. So I, like you, have a podcast. Uh, it's called Better with Dr. Stephanie. And so we started calling our fans, and our fans started calling themselves Bettys. So Better, Bettys, sounds kind of similar. And uh, it just sort of took on a life of its own. You know, we had, uh, I was I was saying this to, uh, to JJ, who I know you and I have a mutual acquaintance with her. And she was saying, well, I was saying to her that when people were leaving like reviews on the, you know, for the podcast, like, hey, this is such a great podcast. I'm a Betty too. You're the queen, Betty. We're all Betty's, we're all in this together. And it just was such a wonderful sort of name for the avatar. And you know, this is for several reasons. One, I feel like you know, I know that we're here in like 2021, but I feel like I am a child of the 70s. Like it just feeds my vintage heart, right? Like I just love, you know, the Betty, even though it's not 1970s, but Betty Davis and, you know, Betty from the Flintstones and, you know, Betty White, who like national treasure, Betty White, Betty Boop, like all these different sort of Bettys that we we used to hear that name a lot. And it's sort of not, it's not super popular now. And then we looked it up in the Urban Dictionary, you know, just uh, uh, by happenstance and and the definition. And I'm paraphrasing this a little bit, but it was something like a Betty is like a modern day queen. You know, she is simultaneously she's smart, she's quirky, she's loving. You know, she's whip smart with her words. And I said, well, that's just perfect. Like that's that's who I am. I'm super quirky. I'm super weird and geeky, and you know, loving. And so this was sort of the perfect description of you know, the pursuit of being Betty. And that can mean something really different for me, for you, but it's all the same, right? All we're trying to do is be better. Like all we're trying to figure out is what's the one thing, you know, or two things that I can do today that's going to help me get better tomorrow? And that's actually the whole purpose of my podcast is like to answer some, to answer that question. And so for a Betty, it's like, what's the one thing that I can do today that's going to further me on my journey towards becoming the best version of myself or Betty, however you define it. And I love it because it's not like, okay, you got to look like a size two. You have to have a certain amount of like a certain waist. Like it's agnostic in terms of size, which I think is important. Like I am never going to have a thigh gap. Like I'm never going to be a size two. Like this mama has a butt, like I have butt and I have hips. Like it's always going to be like that. Right. So it's agnostic in terms of like, you have to be a certain size. It's just about how can we create the best body composition and make you feel like You're just luxuriating in your own body for where you are right now, but also honoring that you may also have other goals for yourself that you may want to move towards as well.
0: Oh gosh, I absolutely love that. I just love everything that it embodies. Um, It's about being your best you. It's not like being celebrity chasing or trying to be like someone else, but really bringing out the best in you. I love that. And I know that the book is launching this week and you have so many gifts for people who purchased the book and I can't begin to even describe it. So I'm going to have to describe (laughs) for everyone
2: what all you have available. Oh, thank you. So one of the one of my core values is to spoil people. So if you are a baddie, I want to spoil you. So what we've done is we've created this relatively large program to to go along with the book. So what that means is I have designed meal plans for you. So we've actually de- designed eight weeks of meal plans. So all the recipes, all the macros, all the calories, it's all done for you. We have pictures of the food in there. So it's not like, what is this supposed to look like? Does it <laughs> kind of look like this? So, you know, the nutrition piece, I also wanted to help people move on the in the movement side of things. So we've actually developed beginner and intermediate workouts and they're designed for home use. So a lot of places now, of course, gyms are still not open. Many gyms have closed. So this is really designed for you to be able to do in your basement with minimal equipment. Of course, always like, you know, weights, I'm always a huge fan of heavy weights, but if you are just able to start with your own body weight, like you're going to get phenomenal results. And then the other piece to it is rehabilitation. So one of the big things that I noticed in clinical practice is when we would talk about resistance training for example, someone would say, "Well, you know, I really like I want to do push-ups but like I have a wrist issue or like I really want it but I have a neck issue, I have a back issue." So we've I've put in sort of my best hits in terms of rehab for the low back, for the neck, for the spine so that you can also be strengthening up and improving the neuro the strength structural integrity of your spine so that you can begin resistance training if that's not available to you right now. And if you are able to resistance train, this should be, and you should also be rehabbing, actually you should be prehabbing. This is like a, you know, it's a prophylactic rehab tool. So it's like a prehab tool, as I like to call it, if you're, if you're not in pain to prevent injury.
0: That is so wonderful. Eight weeks of recipes and menus. I will be signing up for that. Who doesn't love a good
2: recipe? Yeah. And these are all made in my kitchen. All like all made in My kitchen tried, tested, and true. My it's kid approved as well. So all the moms that have the uh, have (laughs) that are like, well, my kids are not going to eat what I mean. My kids eat this, so it's uh it's kid approved as well. Awesome. And where is the best place for everyone to buy the book? So the best place is I mean, you can any online retailer, but BettyBodybook.com is where all those juicy treats are. So once you buy the book. I want everyone to go to bettybodybook.com. That's B E T T Y bodybook.com. Uh, and like, just let me spoil you, you know, like, come in, you know, give like all you have to do is just like enter in your name and then we send you, we send it off in an email to you. So you have all those things available to you for forever.
0: Awesome. That's wonderful. Thank you so much for joining me, Dr. Stephanie. Thank you for this wonderful book, which it just sounds like an amazing gift to all women. And it sounds like an amazing gift to give a friend or a daughter or a mother or a sister or you know, somebody. I really think the more we can really awaken to our own brilliance will help us to improve our health. And this sounds like a great guide on doing just that. Amen. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) So I hope you will all run out and get your copy of her book, which is available. What's the exact day that it's coming out?
2: It's coming out February 16th.
0: February 16, The Betty Body, A Geeky Goddess's Guide to Intuitive Eating, Balanced Hormones, and Transformative Sex. And make sure to go to the BettyBodyBook.com website and get all the goodies that Dr. Stephanie has prepared for you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank
2: you so much. It's been a pleasure.
0: And thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Her Brilliant Health Revolution. The revolution is on. And yes, if you're listening, you are a part of it. So do your part by nurturing yourself this week. That's how we do our part in this brilliant health revolution. Nurturing ourselves, nurturing each other, your fellow womb And maybe picking. that's picking up the Betty Body Book and really learning learning what you need to know about your hormones and about all the things that Dr. Stephanie has shared with you today. So, you know, I always say just pick one thing, one action this week, and that's how you'll get where you wanna be is just by picking one step at a time and taking that next right step. Thank you so much for joining me. And I look forward to talking with you again next week. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it on social media and send it to someone who would benefit from it. If you love the show and really want to support it, please go to iTunes, write a review and subscribe. This helps other women find us so that they too can heal and enjoy brilliant health. I've got a gift for you. If you take a screenshot of your review, Post it on your social media and tag me. I'll send you a special surprise right to your inbox. Thank you so much for joining me. And remember, healing and getting optimally healthy isn't magic. It's science.